Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. Well, the leftists are at it again. They're looking to cancel someone else. They're looking for a head to hunt. Who is it this time? Well, now the left is going to go to businesses that engage in commerce and services with other businesses that are conservative and pressure them to eliminate those conservative businesses they're doing business with, especially if it's conservative news outlets. So that's where they're pushing now. And the first head on the platter that they want is Tucker Carlson from Fox News. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. So Fox News aired Tucker Carlson's show the other night where he addressed the insurrection. You know, the insurrection with all those patriots carrying their Gadsden flags, uh, just walking from the speech that Trump gave down to the Capitol where there was an incident that happened at the Capitol itself. And some of the people behind it are suspect. Um, We're going to get into that. But they went after Tucker Carlson because he's he's given the real truth about it. And reallyamerican.com got Tucker is a bigot trending. And he says, Tucker Carlson denies white supremacist attack the Capitol, denying what we see and hear. Could it be that he himself is a white supremacist? They all love him. Retweet if you agree. Tucker is a bigot. And he posted a video, and I'm going to let you hear the audio of this video. There's no evidence that white supremacists were responsible for what happened on January 6th. That's a lie. That's Tucker denying that white supremacists attacked the Capitol. But why would he say that? There's pictures and witnesses and arrests of Proud Boys and Oath Keepers. Capitol Hill Police and the FBI say they were there because they were. Could it be that Tucker, who has Fox News' number one show, is a white supremacist? There's also no evidence that this was a, quote, armed insurrection. Really? I can't read Tucker's mind, nor do I want to, but the fact is the white supremacists love him. In replace of O'Reilly, we get Tucker, a much better figure. That's Richard Spencer, a notorious white nationalist. Hail Trump! Hail our people! He's a big Tucker lover. Foreigners come to our countries and kill our people. Foreigners, who by the way commit crimes at a lower rate than native-born Americans. Foreign countries, they are not sending their very best. Where have I heard that before? They're rapists. Tucker traded his wife beater for a tie, but he's fooling no one. He wants the 50s back, when blacks and Jews and women knew their place. <laughs> But Tucker, they have a new place right in your soft, puffy face. Oh, wow. So it must be true because there's pictures and there's testimony, witness testimony, which, you know, witness testimony wasn't allowed to be offered up for election fraud by actual Dominion Voting Systems employees and poll watchers. Nah, but the evidence of of MAGA people storming the Capitol is the overthrow of the government, which I love my friend Polita Bunny. Foo, you know, she's online. Um, She writes for Twitchy. Go to her timeline because every time she has to take on a troll, it's some leftist whose talking point is, you support those actually trying to overthrow the government. You know, just because an incident happened on the first national church of gov to which our tax dollars are the tithe to and the judicial branch is part of the god of this government, the godhead, Um, it's our house, by the way, it's our Capitol building. Uh, that incident wasn't as big as they're making it out to be. And there's new details as to why it was evacuated. And it not, it has nothing to do with 
the dust up at the front door or the shooting inside the Capitol or the fact that one of the individuals, the officer who was one of the five that died in the Capitol riots, which they didn't die in the Capitol riots. The only one who died was Ashley Babbitt, who was shot point blank by somebody. Looks like it might be a Capitol police officer, but I don't know because he didn't say anything. He didn't say, don't move, police. He didn't say any of that. He just kind of sat there with his gun. And then the moment she exposed herself by climbing up and had her torso in full view, he steps forward and takes a shot at point blank range. All of that um, gets lumped into this narrative that they're building. And they're doing this now. They're taking this narrative, the Reichstag fire, as I like to call it, because if you remember in Germany, Nazi Germany, the Reichstag building caught fire. It was one of their government buildings. And the Nazis used that incident to consolidate power. And it looks as though our installed leadership under Joe Biden and his deep state provocateurs who are installing all types of people left and right from the old school, um, they decided, well, we're going to use this incident and we're going to use it for a number of different ways. And one of the ways is they want to eliminate conservative media. And this is from Reason. Now, there's a couple of different media outlets that are carrying this story. I just happened to grab Reason because Robbie uh, Sove is actually a good writer and it's more of a libertarian outlet. I don't agree with everything that they put out, but it's most of the time it's pretty solid. Um, lawmakers to cable providers. Why are you letting news channels say these things? Two Democrat members of Congress sent letters to the presidents of Comcast, AT&T, Verizon, Cox, Dish, and other cable and satellite companies, implying that they, would, they should stop carrying Fox News, One American News, and Newsmax, or pressure them to change their coverage. According to the lawmakers, these conservative channels are responsible for promoting misinformation and political violence. Quote, to our knowledge, the cable, satellite, and over-the-top companies, these are the companies like your Roku, your Amazon Fire, or your Apple TV, where you can get direct access to the platform without going through a service provider. I myself, I pay $4.99 a month for One American News. Why? Because I'm supporting conservative media. Do I think they're the best news outlet in the world? No, they have their moments. I like them generally, but you know they're not 100%. But you know what? They are... They require support, so I'm going to support them. That's why I pay for Blaze TV. That's why I pay for The Daily Wire. That's why I pay for Gavin McInnes's Censored.TV, because I support conservative media. Now, you can support The Adrian Slade Show by going to anchor.fm slash Adrian Slade, but that's up to you. But going back to the article, um, they said, to our knowledge, the cable, satellite, over-the-top companies that disseminate these media outlets to American viewers have done nothing in response to the misinformation aired by these outlets. And this is from Representative Anna Esho and Jerry McNerney, both from California. Imagine that. So what they're doing is they're pressuring these outlets, the distributors of these outlets. So they're going to AT&T and they're saying, hey, this private company, Fox News, One American News, Newsmax, who built from the ground up their own business model. You need to deny them because they're saying election fraud happened when it did. They're saying the Capitol uh, riot wasn't an, a planned insurrection, which it wasn't. I mean, but it's not like they haven't lied to us before. And we're supposed to take everything that those other 
outlets say is gospel. CNN, MSNBC, uh, NBC, CBS, ABC, PBS, Reuters, Associated Press, all that were supposed to go, well, they're the purveyors of truth because they're nonpartisan, which they're the most partisan outlets in the world. I mean, think about all of the stories that we actually got information on that had we not had opposition media who spent time like post-millennial, like, uh, like Reason, you know, like Blaze uh, Media, like uh, the Daily Wire, like Red State, you know, all these other outlets, Breitbart and what have you, that spent the time covering the stories that the mainstream media didn't want to cover or incorrectly covered, we wouldn't know half of the things that have been, been presented to us that were complete lies. You know, I mean, we're not hearing about the Andrew Cuomo death count that we've known about since last year. We're just now starting to hear about it because some people on the left don't like him as much anymore. And we're finally going to hear about it. But we're going to hear about Trump's taxes way more than we're going to hear about the Andrew Cuomo death count. We heard more about Stormy Daniels and her relationship with Donald Trump more than we ever heard about Tara Reid, who is who claims now innocent until proven guilty, but claims sexual assault by Joe Biden on her when she was an intern for her, for him. You know, we're, we heard about Christy Blasey Ford and Julie Swetnick having the rape part, uh, you know, the, the beer pong rape uh, fr- frat incidents with Brett Kavanaugh, which we found out was all complete garbage. Think about uh, Roy Moore and, and the yearbooks being signed by underage women that he chased at the Gadsden Mall. We heard all about that when the guy has been married to the same woman for over 40 plus years. And we're supposed to believe that everything that was thrown at us was true. Herman Cain, you know, he had all these mistresses as soon as he emerged as the leader in the, uh, in the 2012 uh, campaign for the nomination for the Republican Party. I mean, think about the other incidents. Ahmed the Clock Kid, Obama going, hey, that's a nice clock you made there, Ahmed. I don't know why you got kicked out. It must be because you're a Muslim. Come to find out his clock looked like a freaking bomb you'd see on the TV show 24. What about Trayvon Martin? Oh, he was just a a cute little 12-year-old black kid going through a neighborhood to get some Skittles, and some guy came up and shot and killed him. Come to find out he was actually 18, and that picture was grossly uh, misleading. And he was a thug selling weed and other drugs in a neighborhood he shouldn't have been in. And when the guy, George Zimmerman, who, you know, whatever you can say about him, he's kind of a hothead, but he took it upon himself to confront him. It turned out really badly for Trayvon Martin. You know, I mean, same thing with Michael Brown. You know, he goes in, beats up the freaking uh, convenience store clerk, steals, steals, uh, you know, items out of the store. They get the. Cops are called on him. This guy's walking in the middle of the street. Cop comes up to him to, because he matches the description. And then Michael Brown bum rushes him. But in the pictures, he looked like he was a 12-year-old boy, too. And this, the cop must have killed him because he was black. You know, the Covington Catholic kids. We wouldn't have known that they were just sitting there waiting for the, uh, you know, the bus to come pick him up after the March for Life. They were wearing their MAGA hats. We didn't know the black Israelites were calling them... Uh, racial slurs towards white people and t- but we had the indian guy the native american guy come up and drum in their face and he had a big punchable face and come to find out that guy that kid nathan uh he ends up suing cnn and other news outlets and winning we wouldn't have known that jesse smollett what didn't get attacked and and wasn't uh hung with a noose 
You know, we wouldn't have known about the peaceful protesters uh, in Kenosha and over in, in uh, Portland and, and Washington and Seattle. We wouldn't have known that they were actual Black Lives Matter and Antifa terrorists out there burning these places to the ground. We still don't know what happened in Vegas. The guy gets up there and kills all these people, 56-some people, from a casino, the most heavily surveilled place in the planet. We don't know about, we would have never known about half of these items if it wasn't for the fact that we had conservative media, if it wasn't for the fact that we had conservative Twitter or conservative parlor or gab, we have to outsource the truth. And see, this is one of the things I run into all the time. I'm having a hard time dealing with people online now because whenever we get into stories about uh, what's true, what's not, what was factual, what's not, they are so out of touch because the media has misled them so much. They've either, either not reported on anything or if they have reported on it, they did so loosely to the point where I'm having to spend all this time Googling and coming up. Here's this source. It leads to this source. And you forgot about this source and this source and this source and this detail and this detail and this detail. Now you're up to speed. But I spent so much time having to do that. Those people are living in a different world than what we're living in. They have their own alternate reality. And they reside there because the media has failed them. And now we are going to pressure actual news outlets that are trying to provide good information and good reporting. We're going to eliminate them because they don't parrot the, me the leftist media progressive ideas and uh, narrative talking points. And we're going to do all of that and try to cancel hosts like Tucker Carlson and Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh and all them. We're going to focus on all that because we can't allow dissenting opinion or opposing views or opposing facts or narrative busting facts to actually be provided. We have to, they're going to squash it. And I think that they're squashing it for a couple of reasons. One reason is there's this push to make us a part of a global union. I always call it the United Nations of Davos, which we're going to get into here in just a moment. But if you're going to push for that, there's going to be a lot of American loving sovereigntists like myself that are going to push back. So what do you do? You vilify them in advance. You pre-frame the vilification that they are domestic terrorists if they believe in Christianity, they're white supremacists if they believe in patriotism, love of country, the Constitution. And so then when the pushback has initiated, you can vilify them in the media to the unwashed, uh, you know, the sheeple, the people that don't know any better, and they'll buy it and say, see, look at that. They're violent extremists, and they don't want this new wave into the global union. We have to destroy that movement, and that's what it's all about. And we're going to get into some items that I'm going to put together to show you that I kind of think that that's kind of what's coming in just a moment. This is Adrian Slade. Well, the news media that didn't want us to know anything about Hunter Biden, remember the laptop gets uh, uncovered and his business partner decides to go out on the record and talk about the dealings with China and uh, Ukraine and, uh, and basically all the insidiousness of what was going on, how the big man was Joe Biden and his brother was in on it too. All of that. We weren't allowed to know, and the mainstream media just didn't report about it, and those that did were squashed by social media. They weren't allowed to post it. They weren't allowed to feature it. 
And it was all something that had to be shoved under the rug until, of course, after Joe Biden was installed, because apparently there was a poll that said had they known that Joe Biden had this relationship with his son and China and Ukraine, that they probably wouldn't have voted for him. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's why we need to have the Fox News, the OANN, the Newsmax. That's why we can't allow them to control these narratives like they're trying to do. We wouldn't know about this from the UK Daily Mail. Hunter Biden was living with his brother Bo's wife, Haley, while sending raunchy text and FaceTiming in the shower with her married sister as they declared their love, and she called him Prince. Now, somebody said, okay, let me get this, let me get this straight. Hunter Biden started banging his dead brother's wife, becoming an uncle to his nieces and nephews, and then he started cheating on his dead brother's wife with her sister while impregnating strippers, and then he married another lady six days after they met. And I said, yep, he did. All of this while he was running a Ukrainian energy company being paid 50000 a month, not knowing anything about energy, nor unable to speak Ukrainian. Hey, when Hunter Biden is not, you know, changing the diapers of the baby he, that he had with the stripper and the lady that he just married six days after he met her, um, when he's not banging his dead brother's wife and smoking crack, he's painting to relieve stress. Yeah, the New York Times had a little piece on how Hunter Biden is painting to relieve stress um, and to move ahead in his life. And he had an art show, I think, in New York somewhere. Uh, yeah. So you, you wonder why people believe in QAnon? You, all right, there's, there's two parts to, to QAnon. QAnon is, well, part one, there's some plan, some operation behind the scenes that somebody on the inside is dropping little drops out, giving little tidbits of information that you have to decipher. And it's all about how uh, the pedophile government is going to be arrested. They're all going to be tried. Most of them will be executed. They might be down in Gitmo. Uh, because of that, uh, Hollywood's involved and Ellen DeGeneres and Tom Hanks were arrested and Tom Hanks might have been executed and now he's a hologram. All of that's garbage. But is there a problem with child trafficking and uh, the government and Jeffrey Epstein's island where a lot of government officials were hanging out and uh, Richard Branson has an island and he's all involved in the World Economic Forum? Uh, there's something going on there. I mean, Hunter Biden, you know, he had a great relationship with uh, some minors and it's on his laptop a relationship that we probably shouldn't know about. <laughs> but Hunter Biden has explicit photos of minors, some related to his family, on his laptop. Let's follow that up with what happened the other day. Biden cancels Trump's Operation Talon program that targeted sex offenders living in the U.S. illegally. He also dismantled the wall. He also passed Standards that are executive orders that allow illegal immigration, which a lot of child trafficking is happening through this. Um, you know, these are the same people that were involved with uh, Anthony Weiner and his laptop, and he's busted for sexting an underage child. You also had Ed Buck. Ed Buck was the big Hillary donor who was caught doing meth and had two African-American meth heads that he was having gay sex with die in his house. So uh, problems there. I can see where QAnon believes some of that stuff. 
And uh, yeah, the, the, the idea that we are looking to move to a one world government where the elites have their hedonistic uh, playground down there in Jeffrey Epstein's island is quite possibly uh, a reality, I would imagine. I mean, doesn't seem too far-fetched. And just the other day, fr- Friday morning, Thursday night, we had the bombing of Syria all over again. The bombing of Syria. Imagine that. We, you know, if you've listened to this program, we've covered Syria a lot, mainly because we were trying to make sense of what the hell was going on down there. Why were we involved in Syria? So we found out, well, there's a pipeline issue going on there, an oil pipeline issue. But what's funny is those on Team, o- uh, Team o- Biden, <laughs> it was a mess up there, Team Biden, which is basically Obama and Hil- uh, Obama's third term, Hillary's first, um, they all got caught in hypocrisy over this instant bombing of Syria for Iranian targets, from what they said. Um, Jen Psaki, who's always circling back, you know, the press secretary, back in 2017, she said this about Trump's uh, strikes. Also, what is the legal authority for strikes? Assad is a brutal dictator, but Syria is a sovereign country. Oh, really, Ms. Saki? Um, <laughs> there was other uh, really good ones like Kamala Harris. I str- this is back in 2018. I strongly support our men and women in uniform and believe we must hold Assad accountable for his unconscionable use of chemical weapons but I am deeply concerned about the legal rationale of last night's strikes. The president needs to lay out a comprehensive strategy in Syria with consultation with Congress, and he needs to do it now. Joe Biden himself contradicted what he did back in 2019. Trump's erratic, impulsive actions are the last thing we need as a commander-in-chief. No president should order a military strike without fully understanding the consequences. We don't need another war in the Middle East, but Trump's actions toward Iran only make that more likely. Um, amazing. What did, what did Hillary Clinton say about it back in the day in 20, actually January 2021? One gift Trump could give the country and the world is to not start a war with Iran in his last 15 days in office. It's hard to tell whether he, his administration is making intentional moves or simply displaying incompetence. Either way, they are playing a dangerous game. And uh, I've got tweets from... Eric Swalwell, Cory Booker, Nancy Pelosi, all saying that Congress should be consulted if we're going to go strike bombs in Syria. But yet that didn't happen last night. That didn't happen. I mean, did the Biden administration bomb a QAnon outlet in Idlib? I don't know. (laughs) Looks like we're lighting up uh, Damascus for no reason. We know what the reason is. It's competing pipelines. There is the United Nations of Davos needs its Syrian pipeline, especially after the U.S. knifed the Keystone XL pipeline on purpose. Um, and that's what you have to remember. There is two competing pipelines. And one of them goes through, well, they both go through, for the majority of the part, through Syria. So you have to eliminate Assad. One of them is the Qatar-Turkey pipeline, which comes from Bulgaria, goes through Turkey, goes through Syria, down into Bahrain, and then to Qatar. The other is the Islamic pipeline, which Iran would like, where Russia would like it too, and Russia would buy from Iran so they could use the Persian Gulf as a port. And this one goes through uh, Syria, through Lebanon, 
and into Iran. And Turkey was on board with either one of them. That's why they flip-flopped um, halfway through. They were behind the U.S. efforts until the U.S. decided, hey, we got to get rid of ISIS, which we inadvertently ramped back up to power. And we're going to have to do that by uh, uh, using the Syrian Kurds. And if you know anything about Turkey and the Syrian Kurds, who the Syrian Kurds, which we uncovered, are giving support to American Antifa, they're training them in Syria. They have their own Antifa wing in Syria, the PKK, the YPG, and uh, they do terrorist bombings of the border of Turkey because they want their own piece of that area for their own nation. And Turkey doesn't want to give that up. So Turkey was like, okay, the military of the United States is siding with, with the Syrian Kurds to eliminate ISIS, but they're siding with our enemy. We're going to side with Iran and Russia and go with their pipeline. So Turkey wins either way. But that's what it's all about. And boys and girls out there, if you're looking to join the military, I'd shy away from doing that. You're not going to be defending America. You'll be paving the way for the global union, which is being funded by our tax dollars right now in the form of COVID-19 relief bills. It's also why I keep saying we're not going to have a 2024 election. The anti-war base of the left should be livid over this right now. But who the hell cares if you've consolidated power and entrenched yourselves at the power's seat. You don't need to worry about political fallout. Installation has its perks. And it's probably not the best time to inform everyone out there that we found our new Osama bin Laden, leader of Al-Qaeda in Iran. Yeah, the classics, the greatest hits. They never die, do they? Yeah, this is also from the UK Daily Mail. Um, We found our new bin Laden. Al-Qaeda has a new leader called the Sword of Revenge. Egyptian former general who is now in hiding in Iran is, quote, set to make terror group as dangerous as they were under Osama bin Laden. (laughs) Amazing. Saif, uh, what's his name? Uh, Saif, uh, let's see, Al-Adel. Saif Al-Adel. He has been long been tracked by intelligence agencies in both the UK and the US and has taken the top job and is preparing a rebrand. A senior British terrorism expert told The Mirror, compared to Zawahari, he is likely to be a much more effective leader, at least so or more than even bin Laden himself. So we got that to look forward to. So after this little airstrike, now that we got our bin Laden out there hanging out in Iran, because apparently we've bombed Iranian installations, which there are Iranian installations in Syria, but I think we're getting a different read on that because like we did where we thought we were bombing installations Uh, ISIS installations, we were actually bombing Assad installations. We were weakening Assad's military. Same with Russia. Russia was bombing ISIS um, and telling us, oh, we'll take care of Assad. So uh, we don't know what's going on out there. And can we trust a media that gives disinformation, unlike the media that they pretend to be? I mean, when does the White Helmet swoop in and finish the jet? I mean, clean up the met. I mean, Rescue those in need. I mean, Operation Warp Speed ain't got nothing on the Biden administration. I mean, it's like the leftist and the bureaucracy's wish list is on overdrive. And we got a resurgence of ISIS. We got a new Osama bin Laden. We're bombing Syria all over again. 40 plus executive orders. The entire border's wide open now. Caravans rolling up from Ecuador. It's all on now. And Trump's entire legacy was wiped clean in a couple of months. 
while some prick leftist out there complain that it's too soon to wonder if we're going to have a State of the Union address because he hasn't been in office that long. It's too bad that too many people don't realize that Trump upset the deep state so much so that they had to scare the crap out of everybody over a virus with a 99.99 percentage survival rate for those under 75 years of age. And we had to do that to kill the economy and people's livelihoods so that they can install a puppet and put everything back the way it was. And that's what they're doing. And they're even doing much more than that. I mean, the mother effing deep state is settling all kinds of debts. Um, We've got our new Osama bin Laden. So why not get vengeance and retribution for the death of Jamal Khashoggi? Now, they're saying the Saudi crown prince is implicated in the Khashoggi murder, U.S. fines. Um, Well, let's talk about Khashoggi because everybody forgets. Khashoggi, this is Jordan Schachtel's take. He's actually done a lot of research on Khashoggi. Khashoggi was a foreign agent and not a journalist. A byline at Washington Post, and he didn't write his own pieces, does not change this reality. A bin Laden confidant who was wholly invested in attempting to ignite Islamist insurgencies in the Middle East. Don't shed a tear for this guy. He was an Islamist who openly advocated for jihadist uprisings. His fiance is an Islamist who does the same. His entire network is Islamist. The guy was neck deep in fomenting insurgencies. He's not the person the media or Congress tells you he was. The goal of this information operation is to undermine the Saudi royal family and grant more power to a power block that is more friendly to global jihadists. It's a regime change effort, which, if successful, would set off unbelievable kinetic madness in the region. Khashoggi is nothing more than an Islamist coalition information operation that is being leveraged to damage traditional U.S. allies in the Middle East and the long-standing U.S. ties with these countries. It's mostly being run by the countries of Qatar, which is also driving these through New York Times, Washington Post, and Congress. By the way, no one really cares about Khashoggi, who was one of millions of casualties of Middle East turf wars. Khashoggi itself is a front for a regional spat. The people who are emotionally invested in his saga are simple suckers for a foreign agenda. Um, yeah, Jamal Khashoggi is an Islamist. The guy, his dad was an arms dealer. Um, and so the news media, remember, they cried over this guy. I mean, he's a bin Laden guy. I mean, it, it's crazy what they did. Khashoggi, this is also from Jordan Schachtel. Khashoggi demanded violent uprisings and revolts for Islamist, which is the opposite of pro-freedom's movements. In countless columns, he expressed support for Hamas, Al-Qaeda. Only months before his death, he was singing the praises of Al-Qaeda co-founder Abdullah Azam. (laughs) What's worse is Washington Post did not disclose that Khashoggi was working with foreign powers to craft his columns, leading many to conclude that he was working as an unregistered asset for a foreign regime. Washington Post never answered questions about the fact that his columns were crafted by state-backed actors. I mean, when Jamal Khashoggi passed away, or (laughs) he really passed away, he passed through. Remember, Jamal Khashoggi ended up going into that embassy. Uh, Then some people showed up, and then all of a sudden he was dismantled and taken apart and suitcases and put into the back of black SUVs and driven off while his uh, wife was sitting in the car waiting for him to come back out. Well, when Jamal Khashoggi died, 
um, the Washington Post editorial board promised to honor his legacy through their reporting. And they're keeping their promise because Jeff Bezos, founder of Amazon, (laughs) owner of Washington Post, um, he actually gave a speech and honored uh, Khashoggi to his uh, wife. Just listen to this. No one should ever have to endure what you did. Right here, where you are, you paced that street for hours, pacing and waiting. And he never came out. It is unimaginable. And you need to know that you are in our hearts. We are here and you are not alone. Ah, so compassionate, you know, I mean, so compassionate to the Islamist terrorists who are uh, sympathetic themselves and compassionate towards Al Qaeda. Um, but see, this is another instance where if we didn't have alternative media, the media that they're trying to snuff out that we've been talking about in the beginning of the show, uh, we wouldn't know these things. We would just think that some Middle Eastern journalist for the Washington Post was executed by the Saudi government. And never mind the fact that there's a split, okay? There's two parts to the Saudi uh, regime. There is the Wahhabist, who are very fundamentalist and they're uh, very pro, you know, they're the ones that you see videos of them chopping off heads of people that may have uh, done things not the correct Islamic way. You know, they've been arrested and you see these videos and everybody's like, Saudi Arabia, look at that. Then you have the prince uh, side and his side is actually trying to secularize and moderate what they're doing over there and move into a more open and free society. So obviously Biden gets into power. Who's he going to side with? Well, the leftists, they love totalitarian control. So they're going to side with the Wahhabist and they're going to try to dredge up new uh new dirt and and salt wounds over the death of Jamal Khashoggi, that's now such a big news item that we have to go down that road. But had we not had alternative media and conservative media, you wouldn't know anything about this guy. You wouldn't know that he was an Al-Qaeda sympathizer. I mean, the information's got to be regulated and the speech has to be quelled and patriots must be turned into terrorists because, you know, we can't have different thinking. We can't have different views And they're starting to do this now with the appointment of Merrick Garland. So Merrick Garland, the guy who was the the Supreme Court justice that never was, you know, he's the guy who uh, Obama tried to throw in at the last minute and everybody's like, ah, we ain't voting for that guy. Well, now he's being placed into the Department of Justice and his big pet goal seems to be to go after the insurrectionist at the Capitol. 150 years after the department's founding, battling 
extremist attacks on our democratic institutions also remain central to the Department's mission. From 1995 to 1997, I supervised the prosecution of the perpetrators of the bombing of the Oklahoma City Federal Building, who sought to spark a revolution that would topple the federal government. If confirmed, I will supervise the prosecution of white supremacists and others who stormed the Capitol on January 6th, a heinous attack that sought to disrupt a cornerstone of our democracy, the peaceful transfer of power to a newly elected government. We must do everything in the power of the Justice Department to prevent this kind of interference with the policies of American democratic institutions. And I plan, if you now confirm me for Attorney General, to do everything in my power to ensure that we are protected. Okay, I can't wait to see what his definition of white supremacist is. It's going to be interesting to see him rounding up grandmas and granddads who have American flags on their front porch, maybe a Gadsden flag, um, you know, patriots who just love America, love freedom, and uh, throw them in jail because oh, they're terrorists. Yeah, um, he said the first, I think the first thing I should do as part of my briefings on the Capitol bombing are briefings with Director Ray. Now, Christopher Ray is with the FBI. <laughs> so listen to him say this. He's talking about, he slips up and calls them bombs. ...of domestic terrorism. Uh, is this something that you will look at in terms of the degree of the resources of the agency? Yeah, as I say that, I think the first thing I should do um, uh, as part of the, uh, my briefings on the Capitol bombing are briefings with um, Director Ray as to where he sees the biggest threat and uh, whether the resources of the Bureau and of the Department are allocated towards uh, the biggest threat and the most uh, dangerous and direct threat. Um, we do have to be careful across the board. We, we can never, uh, you know, let, let uh, somebody sneak around uh, the end um, because we're not focusing, but we also have to allocate our resources towards the biggest threat. Great. Yeah, um, Mr. Garland, those bombs are pipe bombs that were set a couple, well, set the night before outside the RNC and DNC. Uh, and, you know, they didn't go off. Pipe bombs never went off, but they were preset. They weren't something that just happened on the day of the Capitol riots. But we can allow auto zones to burn, you know, as long as it happens at night and it's by Black Lives Matter and Antifa, then it's okay. Not a big deal. You know, the taco truck, we don't care if the taco stand burns down, but this is the, this is the Capitol. It's the, it's the center of our democracy. Um, yeah, uh, the Capitol's ours, by the way, but <laughs> uh, that's how much they care about you. Um, but, you know, this is the thing. The lies about the Capitol riot is another instance where we have to have conservative media because everything that they've said about it is complete garbage. I mean, every bit of it. Uh, you know, it's, it's unbelievable when you get down to some of the details, really insane details. But, you know, that's the thing. Merrick Garland's working with Christopher Ray on the biggest threats. You know, it's, it's like uh, my buddy J.J. Branchard posted. He said, so uh, has an American citizen been droned yet? And my reply was, well, the FBI is searching for that teenage girl with the red MAGA hat on to drone strike next week. I hear they have a FISA warrant on the few pro-life high school chicks. The FBI actually has a, post, a, a picture posted online 
of this female wearing a Trump beanie. And they're saying something to the effect of, you know, if you have any tips on this person, what does it say? A number of people involved in the violence at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th are still at large. Help the FBI apprehend them. If you recognize this individual, submit a tip to the tips.fbi.gov. And when you leave a tip, reference photo 236. And it looks like Kirsten Bell with like, you know, a friggin' Trump beanie on. Um, she looks like she's fresh out of high school, uh, probably at a pro-life march. You're, that's where you're going to find her. And the FISA warrant maybe will follow the church bus down to it because, you know, the FISA will be able to monitor cell phone communications. You're going to have to get through a lot of really uh, fluffy phone calls there with, uh, you know, a couple teenage girls going on about the hot guy at, at, at high school. But, you know, the, the FBI has to do the, the hard work. You know, they have to go down to the NASCAR garage to make sure that that wasn't a noose hanging down, that it was actually a garage pool. Don't worry about the Vegas shooter. We don't need to know about that guy. You know, 56 dead Republican country music fans. We don't need to. Nah, don't worry about them. Um, they'll just have the same FBI investigate Republican representatives that they used uh, to illegally spy on a private citizen running for office. That's how it's going to work. And, you know, we can allow Antifa and BLM riots in Portland on federal buildings because they happened at night. Let me ask you about uh assaults on federal property in places other than Washington, D.C., Portland, for instance, Seattle. Do you regard assaults on federal courthouses or other federal property as acts of domestic extremism, domestic terrorism? Well, Senator, my own definition, which is about the same as the statutory definition, is uh, a use of violence or threats of violence uh, in an attempt to uh, disrupt uh, democratic processes. So an attack on a, uh, a courthouse while in operation, uh, trying to prevent judges from actually deciding cases, that plainly is um, domestic uh, um, uh, extremism, um, 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 uh, domestic uh, terrorism, um, an attack simply on a government property at night or any other kind of circumstances is a clear crime and a serious one and should be punished. I don't mean, I don't know enough about the facts of the example you're talking about, but that's where I, I draw the line. One, one is both are uh, criminal, um, uh, but one is uh, a core attack on our democratic institutions. Now, what's really interesting, yeah, yeah, you can burn down anything you want at night as long as it's not a government building in D.C. Um, but within hours of storming the Capitol, the FBI sees thousands of phone records, including members of Congress. So uh, right to petition and illegal search and seizure. That's all out the window. And Speaker Pelosi has actually ordered that the FBI sees these phone records of Republican members of Congress, because you remember what they're trying to do now is they're trying to say that uh, what's her name? Lisa Bohart, I think her name is uh, the, the girl with the uh, firearms behind her that everybody's so up in arms about uh, in her pictures online uh, in her office. Uh, Mar Marjorie Taylor Greene that we talked about being a QAnon person. They're trying to say that those people brought in people in advance and allowed them to stay in the Capitol so that it could be an inside job, which really there seemed to be an inside job, but it wasn't from them. <laughs> it looks like it was more from the lefties. Um, but there, there's some narratives that have been in play that are being busted right now. The first one is the fact that they had to evacuate the Capitol because of the breach. No, they actually evacuated the Capitol because of the pipe bomb discovery. 
It's from the Epoch Times. Pipe bomb discovery, not capital breach, triggered congressional evacuations. This is from the ex-police chief. Members of Congress were evacuated on January 6th because of the pipe bomb that was found outside the Republican National Committee headquarters, a former police official said. The U.S. police, uh, Capitol Police, found the bomb at 12.45 p.m. before the violence started at the Capitol. Soon after, authorities found another device at the Democrat Na- uh, National Committee headquarters. So remember, the news media painted the picture of these people fighting outside the Capitol, and then all of a sudden inside the Capitol, get down, and they're all locked down, and they're hiding under their desk. Oh, my God, I'm so scared. And Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is suddenly uh, dredged up uh, feelings of the sexual assault that may or may not have happened in her past when she got word from a Capitol officer telling her to come out from where she was, uh, even though she wasn't in the Capitol building. She was in the complex, so she was a couple blocks away you know, but let's not let the narrative die. But yeah, so we wouldn't know that it was actually the pipe bomb discovery hours before Trump even gave a speech that they had to evacuate. Oh, and it's also the Oath Keepers. Yeah, they're the other group that's being vilified, much like the Proud Boys have been vilified, much like QAnon has been vilified. All three of those, the Proud Boys are a drinking group. They just happened to love Trump. They were very political, but in, in a conservative libertarian kind of way. They used to get together and drink. They got tired of watching Antifa show up and, and instigating violence against the Patriot Prayer marches and things like that. So they decided to go down and basically be a human shield. Oh, but they're the, they're the dangerous ones, right? Enrique, what's his name? Enrique Torres, the Cuban guy who's the leader. Uh, he can't really be a white nationalist if he's Hispanic and he's from Cuba. Um, But yeah, that guy, uh, he, you know, was arrested the moment he walked into the complex area or, you know, down the street in DC because of the guns he had on him, you know, I mean, oh, second amendment and all, but the narrative is all a lie. Um, So they're trying to say, oh, the oath keepers are involved and we need to go after the oath keepers. Let's, let's see some of these rioters that they're saying, uh, were involved here. Um, first one is Aaron Matofsky, registered Democrat, Orthodox Jew from Brooklyn, New York, son of Shlomo Mostofsky, a Democrat elected Supreme Court judge. Then there is Jake and Jelly. He's an active yoga practitioner, climate activist, vegan, organic. He is the QAnon shaman. And we played the clip of that guy on a podcast earlier. Uh, remember, he was the one who's got these strange things about the climate and energy, and the guy's a nut job. And this is where they get into the uh, Oath Keepers. Jessica Watkins, they tried to say, oh, she's one of the Oath Keepers. Um, she's a registered Democrat. She's transgender woman, voted for Obama, former Army j- uh, Ranger, um, protected the Black Lives Matter protest uh, protesters at six of the events this summer. And then there's this guy, and we've talked about this guy before, John Sullivan, registered Democrat. He's with the Insurgency USA. So if you wanted to have an insurrection at the Capitol, you probably want to go to the guys in Insurgency USA. They sound like they're experts at this. Um, Yeah, Black Lives Matter and Antifa-affiliated individual runs with uh, Insurgency USA, hates President Trump. 
So much so that he stood up on the back of a car during a Black Lives Matter protest over the summer and said this. What's going on, everybody? My name's John Sullivan. I'm from Salt Lake City, Utah. My group is Insurgents USA. We're about to burn this down. Who, anybody out here seen that white militia guy shoot three, ki three kids? Yeah. That guy. And I will tell you this is in Utah, a whole bunch of white militia came out there formed against our group. We out there strapped. We out there ready to burn that down. We out there to defend our self. We got to defend ourselves now too. We do. Because power to the people. Power to the people. Power to the people. Damn right. We got fucking, we got fucking rip Trump out of that office right over there. Fucking pull him out that shit. Nah, nah, we ain't about fucking waiting until the next election. We about to go get that motherfucker. I ain't about that shit. Because you know what time it is? I want y'all to be after me. It's time for a revolution. It's time for a revolution. It's time for a revolution. Thank you guys. I appreciate y'all. Be safe. Be blessed. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a MAGA guy to me. Doesn't sound like he'd be sporting the red uh, MAGA trucker hat. Here he is talking about how to wear what's called black block. This is when, when you see the Antifa people, they're covered head to toe with black and they have their umbrellas and they have, uh, you know, certain weapons. He gives kind of a tutorial on what you should wear, why you should wear it. Just listen to this. Makes it a little bit better. It's just, a, it's just something that helps just that much more. All right. Um, and then even if you go further, you could wear a black jacket, all black, no logos, guys, none. You want no logos on the and you can see the inside's orange, but when I put it on, you can't see that. You can't see it at all. So, all black, no logos. The last thing that I'll go over is an umbrella, all right? Now you're like, why do you need an umbrella? Of course, if it rains, you're gonna need that shit, right? I'm just fucking with you. But yeah, this is to protect your, yourself, the comrades that are around you. This is to do exactly that, all right? Say there's fucking people taking photos of you, filming you like somebody is right now. No, bitch, you can't film me. Who am I? Who is the pre people behind me? You don't know me. You, you can't film me. You don't have the right to film me. This is an easy way to get around that shit. Help protect people around you. You're, maybe you're trying to do something, talk about something. You don't want everybody else to see you or get on film. You got your umbrella. Guys, you're going to spend $5 on this motherfucker to get it on like an umbrella, it's not that expensive. Now, if you're strapped for cash, shit, let us fundraise for you, all right? Let me know. Hit me up. Now, this is not for everybody to just say, I want free stuff, but we will definitely help you out because we got your back. We got to have each other's back, all right? So, that being said, $5, I listed this on the store too, even an umbrella, okay? So you can go find this exact umbrella and get that shit and you can't complain. I can't find where to get this gear, John. I can't, I can't find it. I got it already. Or you can find it yourself. I don't give a fuck. Um, and if you really want to play with some guys, I got the, I got the chud killer. I got the Nazi hunter. I got the, I got, it's ready. It's on deck, bro. You want to, you want to come face me? Let's go. We're ready on the game.
We got the flashlight. We got the laser on that mother. We're ready to mother go. Pretty amazing, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> that's why they have the umbrellas. Because I thought they just looked like silly Mary Poppins looking tools, but now they have it because it blocks them from being pepper sprayed and being identified. Because that's why they hate Andy No from the post millennial. Because what does he do? He goes out and gets the police records later, where they have no way of avoiding being identified. But Antifa members, Black Lives activists, Black Lives Matter activists, they're posting photos online and bragging about storming the Capitol on January 6th from the Gateway Pundit. Um, that's it said there's more and more evidence that Antifa related groups and individuals were planning the violence on January 6th. And now they're even online bragging about it. And John Sullivan was bragging about it. Uh, the, Kick these fascists out of D.C. January 6th at 11 a.m. This is some movement from anti-Trump movement John Sullivan was a part of. Yeah, um, there's Reddit boards. They're just going on and on about how great everything was. So we're, to be, we're being led to believe that Black Lives Matter did all this stuff. I mean, uh, uh, MAGA did all this stuff that they were, the, they were the ones trying to overthrow the government. And we need a pillow to stop that, David Hogg. Um, but yeah. This again, the narrative is there to to do one of two things to make you think something happened that didn't. Um, but we talked about it on the day that it happened. We did the podcast where we talked about, hey, there's video uh, videos coming online of people wearing MAGA hats backwards. And they talked months earlier that we're going to infiltrate a rally and we're going to be noticeable because we'll have our MAGA hats on backwards. And that's what they were doing. They were walking through the Capitol with backward MAGA hats. It was pretty easy to figure that that was going on. And the media is not telling you that. I mean, the, the best part of this all, this is the part that's going to kill you the most. The police officer that died. All right. So the, the, even my local news is saying, oh, five people died in the Capitol riot insurrection. Um, there was only one that really died because of that. And that was Ashley Babbitt, who was shot point blank by... We think it might be a Capitol Police officer. I don't know. I see, I see the video. He's just kind of sitting there pointing the gun, and then as soon as she jumps up, takes her out. This other guy, Officer Sicknick, they, the thing is, they said, oh, he died because somebody hit him over the head with a fire extinguisher, and uh, you know the head trauma led to his death. Interestingly enough, that narrative is completely wrong. He died days later from a stroke. And they say, oh, well, you know, the stroke was related to head trauma, head trauma from the fire extinguisher. And uh, that's uh, the reason why he died. Nope. Because he was never even hit with the fire extinguisher. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, it, this thing saturated, saturated the airwaves. This is from Revolver News. Narrative 1.0 absolutely saturated the news airwaves, editorial boards, and social media. Every mainstream media outlet from USA Today to New York Post to the Daily Dot repeated that Sicknick was bludgeoned by fire extinguishers. And <laughs> the sources say, nah, nope, not bludgeoned whatsoever. Law enforcement officials tell CNN that there was no fire extinguisher blow, no bloody gash, no blunt force trauma to Sicknick's body when he died. Not only that, but it was increasingly unclear when, where, and if Sicknick was even rushed to the hospital. As it turns out, multiple hours after the protest had already concluded, Sicknick texted his own brother, Ken, 
that very night, he was saying he was basically fine, other than being eh, pepper sprayed twice, confirming that he was safe and in good shape. And then an odd thing happened. The next afternoon, the Sicknick family began getting phone calls that Officer Brian Sicknick had been declared dead. The phone calls didn't come from the hospital. They didn't come from treating uh, physicians. They didn't come from the U.S. Capitol Police or the FBI or the DOJ. They came from media reporters. Certain privileged media personnel were evidently the first to receive sensitive information circulating among law enforcement officials that Brian Sicknick was dead. And in fact, the story got stranger. In a dark, twisted echo of Monty Python's Bring Out Your Dead scene, it turned out Sicknick was not even dead yet. The Capitol Police responded in a public statement that Thursday evening that swirling media reports were untrue. Sicknick was still alive. But one hour later, as Sicknick's family rushed to the hospital to see um, what had happened, they believed their beloved Brian was still fighting for his life. The U.S. Capitol Police issued a further statement now saying Sicknick was dead. But that even that statement contained a curious detail. Ken Sicknick had been told his brother collapsed inside the Capitol building and then was rushed to the hospital. Wikipedia's entry on Sicknick still has this as the official story. So they've been telling us this the entire time, but he wasn't even hit in the head with a fire extinguisher. So everything you're learning from the media is completely wrong. I mean, it, this is insane. And this is why you cannot have them come out and take down, you know, take down the news outlets like Fox News, OANN, Newsmax, because you're not going to get the full story. But that's what they want to do because they want to be able to craft, uh, craft political theater and you'll never figure it out. And they'll just eliminate people with YouTube shows and people with podcasts. And because that's next, they're saying the podcast and clubhouse, uh, social media, we can't have them congregating and talking ideas that might circulate misinformation. It's all about information control and creating the political theater that they can use to vilify their political enemies. Don't let it happen. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. You can check it out on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, iHeart. Uh, it's also on Overcast. Get the Roku channel in your streaming store. You can also go to the blog site, adriansladeshow.com. If you'd like to donate, go to anchor.fm slash adrianslade, and you can donate. You pick the amount. God bless. <laughs>